Hey there, welcome to this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family. Let our team of extension agents bring the farm to your family. We'll explore all things agriculture and talk about how it gets to your table, fridge, or pantry. Meet farmers, stomp out misinformation, and grab a sneak peek into agri-search and outreach efforts. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family podcast. Uh, brought to you by University of Tennessee and Tennessee State University Extension. Um, this week, we're getting close to harvest, and we're going to start talking about farm safety, sharing the road with farm equipment. Um, on this week's episode, um, I'm going to introduce our host. We're going to talk about uh, some agribility, and, uh, which is a program that we offer, uh, some road safety, best practices for motorists and for the farmers, and uh, just give a general overview on what maybe you should look out for in the coming weeks as harvest uh, starts around this part of the world. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to introduce our host. First off, my name is Garrett McDaniel. I am the Tennessee State University Extension Agent uh, in O'Brien County. Uh, I deal with agriculture, natural resources, and 4-H youth development. Um, also with us today, I have Mr. Bob Shoemake. Uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Bob. Sure. Bob Shoemake. I'm the County Director and A&R Ag and Natural Resource Agent in O'Brien County. And um, in O'Brien County, of course, we have lots of uh, row crops and it's a very important topic. Uh, this topic is very important to us in our region and look forward to uh, discussing that today and glad to be here. So how long have you been in Extension, Bob? I've worked in Extension for over 30 years. Uh, I've worked in a couple of counties before coming to O'Brien County and been in O'Brien County about three years now. All right, good deal. And uh, our other host today is Miss Joetta White. If you want to introduce yourself, Miss Joetta. Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm Joetta White. I'm the area specialist for the Tennessee Agribility, which is a program through UTTSU Extension. This program works with uh, farmers, farm family members, employees that uh, might have physical challenges um, that might limit their farming task, and we work with them on ideas on. Um, ideas that might make farming easier using their equipment and shop area and, um, and I cover all the western region and half of middle. Awesome, great. Uh, and what county are you based out of? I am based out of Gibson County. Okay, and how long have you been in Extension? I started uh, as 4-H agent in uh, Madison County in 1988. Um, and then transferred to Gibson County uh, in the summer of 88 and I worked with as 4-H agent for nine years and then I started with the agribility program. So I've been here a while. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so talking on the topic of agribility, you talked about how that was able to help maybe people with physical disabilities get around the farm and do what they want to do. Um, what are maybe some examples of that that you've seen in your career? What has that done? Before we get into the meat of the potatoes, meat and potatoes of the episode on road safety, I thought we might talk about that and let our listeners know that that's out there, that opportunity is there. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Um, we've worked with, with farmers, um, male, females, um, children, uh, the age doesn't matter, uh, the number of acres doesn't matter. Uh, if they're farming, uh, if they have a garden spot from an acre to thousands of acres, um, and if they have some type of uh, physical challenge that limits their farming, we try to work with them. Um, different aspects are uh, if they're working in 
in dust, uh, mold, uh, and grain has a lot of fat. Absolutely. Um, then they might have asthma problems, respiratory problems. Uh, I've helped some farmers with different types of masks uh, that help them. Uh, not the mask that you're wearing these days, uh, <laughs> but the respiratory mask that might help with the asthma or other problems, respiratory problems that. Um, even with uh, farmers who have uh, that wear glasses and they have problems with fog fogging up their glasses for oh, seeing yeah. you know uh, I've helped different uh, couple of farmers with those with ideas that they might be able to do um, mobility issues uh, where they're having trouble getting around their farm uh, looking at their crops or looking at their livestock we've uh, helped them um, through vocational rehabilitation services, uh, a state program, uh, purchase uh, UTVs or maybe even golf carts. Golf carts are a great mobility device around the farm. Uh, if you put those mud grip tires on, uh, you know they they can go just about anywhere. Uh, lifts on tractors, combines, um, even uh, the extra step with the handrail for uh, people who's hard, who might be have difficulties getting up on the tractor where the step is too high. Uh, even temporary issues like putting in um, wheelchair ramps if you have a, uh, a broken leg, happen to have a broken leg or uh, that's just temporary. Um, we're able to help with that uh, as well. Okay, okay. Well, I think it's a great program. Um, you know, speaking from experience, I didn't know that all of that was entailed into that until I started with Extension. So I think that's a great, a great way to let some of the uh, our listeners out there know that that is out there. That help can be provided if you seek it out. Um, and we are a state; it is statewide. So okay. I have a coworker on uh, that covers the East End, Eileen Eileen Lego, and uh, so we we are the only two staff members for Agribility, and we we cover a lot. Okay. okay. Now, is that only statewide or is that nationwide? Is there something similar to that in surrounding states? It is. Uh, Agribility is a grant through USDA through the Farm Bill, and uh, you have to apply for it every four years. And there's only 22 states that have the Agribility program now. Our national um, project uh, is out of um, Indiana, Purdue. Okay. Um, uh, but. Uh, like I said, there's only 22 states that have the program now, and uh, you have to you have to apply for it and put in a proposal, um, and hope that you get it every four years. And Tennessee has been lucky, has been very privileged to have uh, the Agribility program uh, since 1994, and it became statewide in 1997 when I started work awesome. with it. Well, I think it's a great program to have. Like you said, I'm very lucky to have that in our state, uh, have that opportunity to help help our producers out. Um, something else on that topic, um, here in a couple of weeks we've got coming up is uh, National Farm Safety and Health Week. That uh, kind of echoes what we're talking about today on a lot of aspects. Um, that is September 19th through the 25th. They're gonna have different topics per day, uh, webinars, things like that being put out, a lot of people promoting it. Uh, specifically, I think, Joetta, you had told me that you knew on September 20th they had a tractor safety topic coming out. Yes, they do. Uh, the National Education Center for Ag Safety uh, puts webinars out as well as the AgriSafe Network, uh, and they partner together. So there are different topics every day uh, during that week. 
Um, and on that Monday, it is the tractor safety and rural roadway safety. That's awesome. That's exactly what we're talking about today. So that'll be a good, a good thing for them. Um, so on that, I guess we'll get into the, the main topic today on road safety, uh, sharing the road with farmers and their equipment. Um, as many of you know, you know, here in a couple of weeks or maybe even already, uh, there's going to be a lot more farm equipment on the road. Um, it's going to get kind of hectic. You're going to have combines, tractors, grain carts, a lot more semis on the road. And uh, we just wanted to have uh, this episode come out about, you know, this time of year and give everybody maybe, a, you know, some safety tips, some good best practices that you can do as a motorist to help it, you know, help it be more safe for our farmers and we're also going to talk about what our farmers can do to make it more safe for you as a motorist uh, so with that i think we'll start uh so joetta you're kind of the some maybe the expert in the room on this right now what are the best practices for the motors what can they do to make it better and a safer experience when you meet somebody on the road um, when you meet a farmer what can they do to make that a better experience common sense uh, <laughs> common sense and patience and, and Bob's probably going to uh, say the same thing when he says talks about the the tractors and uh, the farmers uh, as you know years ago uh, farms acreage was kept mostly at their homestead they didn't travel a whole lot. They didn't travel miles away from all their or their farming was done at their homestead. Uh, but today is different. Um, they they may be living in Gibson County and they're they have acreage in uh, Madison County or Henry County and Weekly County. It's all spread out everywhere, and so the the tractors, the combines, all the farming equipment are are seen more on the road these days than in years past. And um, so the motorists, um, they have to they have to share the road with them. Uh, the farmer is whenever he's in that tractor, he's in his office, um, and the cars that are behind them, they're trying to get to their office, exactly. or they're trying to get to a ball game, or to church, or uh, to school, even. Um, and so we we have to. It's got it's a fifty fifty. Uh, everybody's got to give um, the motorists they have to to learn to watch um, the farm equipment the farmer what what they're doing as well uh, my best advice is to uh, don't get right up on the equipment uh, you never know when that tractor or combine farming equipment is going to be slowing down uh, and if you're right up on it you can't stop uh, as fast uh, as soon as you need to and you might be right under them um, so I would advise to stay at least two car lengths away um, and that way that gives you plenty of time to to stop and slow down if you see the the blinkers come on or the hand signals from uh, the driver in the farming equipment uh, if you see see that then you've got time to slow down as well um, as always uh, it just doesn't go with uh, farming equipment, but uh, just regular driving rules. Don't pass on hills. Don't pass on cur curves. Don't pass on double lines. Uh, I see that quite quite a bit every, uh, if you're in a hurry and you want to pass a tractor or a combine and, and 
there's a, a long stretch, but it's still a double line, and motorists are going to go for it. Sometimes they think because maybe that, that piece of equipment is going 20 miles an hour, they can get around it quick enough that it doesn't matter. Yes. But that's, that's maybe not the case. It's not because they, they can't stop as soon as, soon as uh, you can. So, um, and I mentioned hand signals earlier. Um, farmers need to, the farmers need to dry, use hand signals and the motorists need to watch. They, they've got to see what's going on in that cab. Um, because uh, they 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 just they just have to pay attention, pay attention to what uh, what's going on around them, uh, and not not just think about yourself and where you've got to get to. You've got to think of the other ones that are on the road. I think it's maybe something that might be overlooked is sometimes these farmers are driving equipment and they cannot see you. And they maybe they can see you in their mirror, but as you know, if you drive a car. They have blind spots. Mirrors have That's blind right. spots. And if you have a grain cart or a large piece of equipment, if you're driving a combine, you can't see directly behind you. No, you can't turn can't. and look out your back window all the time and say, hey, there's a car right, right mm -hmm. behind me. Um, they look in their mirrors, but sometimes it's pretty tough to, to look back there 40, 50 feet and see somebody behind you in a small, small it vehicle. Is. And they're trying to, they're trying to look, be safe with their equipment so that they're not knocking down mailboxes or, uh, running somebody off the road and they're they're paying attention to oncoming oncoming traffic um, so um, they've got, they've got lots to to watch while they're uh, out there on the road and so the the motors have to be uh, pay attention they just uh, and like I said earlier uh, don't get right up on them just don't you know I see a lot of the spray rigs that are going down the uh, highway and and I've always said I want to run one of these days I want to run up under it or you know just to go through it uh, but it's never going to happen I'm never going to do that um, unfortunately I've seen videos of people <laughs> doing that and that is that is kind of terrifying for me it is and, and I've seen I'm, and I've known a friend of mine who uh, she was at uh, she was behind a, a sprayer and uh, he decided to suddenly black up and he ran right over. Yep. Uh, That's another one of those so pieces of equipment that you're that, up high, you have is. a tank behind you most of the time. You can't see very well in that equipment. Um, and I would say, and this might be, you know, I think this is a best practice for the motorists. Pay attention to, to what they're doing. When If they're over on the shoulder as much as they can be, like you know, there's mailboxes on that shoulder every so often when you go by a house. They have to come back onto the middle of the road and maybe if if he gets on the middle of the road and is driving directly in the middle of the road, maybe he's not hogging the road for a reason. Right. He might fix it to be turning yeah. into a field and he doesn't want you to come around him. I've had that particular instance happen to me is my grandfather farms and we have one farm that is on one of the busiest roads in Omaha County. Um, and when I get about a half a mile from that, from that turn in, as long as, as if I can, if there's no oncoming traffic, I get in the middle of the road because right, yeah. it's kind of on a straight stretch. It is, yeah. And they think, well, he's just blocking the road. And in reality, I don't want to have you be coming around me and me swing out into you trying to get into the field road because they're not always as wide as they need to be with the, today's right. large equipment. Um, on that note, Bob, what do you think the the best practices for farmers running this equipment are? What are the responsibilities of the operator of this large equipment? 
Well, some basic things would be just to make sure that you're visible and you're doing the things that uh, people can easily spot you on the road and uh, that are aware that you're, you know, in the distance and things like flashing lights, flashing amber lights. Of course, on the back, you need your orange triangle present. That Those are just signs that motorists should be able to pick up on pretty quick that there's something up ahead that I might need to slow down for. Exactly. Um, and usually, you know, most of this equipment's moving uh, pretty slow, and so it's easy for them to run up on it if they're not careful. So those types of things are there. For, those should be cues to the motorist, but they're very important that the, the farmers make sure that they have those things and they are using their lights and things like that to help make sure people can see them when they're out there. They're no good if they don't work. That's exactly right. <laughs> Making sure they're, you know, they're, they all, most equipment does come with this, with the lights and so forth, but uh, over time, if, if neglect takes place, they're not, they may not be up and running like they need to, the bulbs are shot or whatever it happens to be, but they do need to make sure that they, they have those up to speed and they can use those lights so that they are safer on the road. Um, you know, some, some other common things, maybe just trying to figure out where you're headed and when you're going to get there, what, what's the best time to try to get there? Because, you know, you don't want to be pulling out a, well, the piece of equipment, slow moving piece of equipment that's large and taking up a lot of space. Maybe on a, on a road where there's a lot of traffic, whether that means that there's a plant nearby that's letting out at a certain time of day, you don't want to just change or right, you, school's, you getting school's, school's getting school out. School zones, things like yeah. that. You don't want to try to get caught in the middle of that if at all possible. So just planning your day sometimes can help out tremendously. Um, if you are traveling long distances, consider using a pilot car in front, sometimes even in back if needed. Uh, and again, flashing lights on those vehicles will help um, motorists understand that, that something's ahead that they probably need to think about slowing down. Uh, mirrors are important if you, if you can install those. If you've got a piece of equipment that doesn't have them, if there's a way to install those, you could do that. But just these basic things to make sure that um, as, a, as someone who's moving the equipment um, can do everything they can to make sure that this, this is a safe environment. Um, and that may also mean that if you've got employees that you're using that uh, are going to be uh, in the equipment as well, don't take for granted that they understand all that. You know, they, they might not know, maybe they've never been in that particular piece of equipment. So no. just make sure that they're up to speed on what needs to be done and, and where to turn on the lights and things like that, that they need to be able to do those things. Um, but there's there's a lot of basic things that need to be done and just to make sure that, that um, those those things are, are kept like they need to be. And going back to the, the motorist, um, if you are passing a vehicle and you know and, and if you're just getting in front of them and then you suddenly you know turn on your blinker or something, that's something you've got to consider as well. Just don't be passing them so you could you know turn off in the next couple of minutes because Again, the uh, farm equipment can't slow down as fast as you can, and uh, give that give that operator of the farm equipment enough time that he can start. You know, turn your blinkers on. Uh, use hand signals if your blinker is not working. Um, get that checked out before uh, if your blinker is not working. Um, but uh, give them enough time as well that they can slow down their equipment. Uh, so that they're not going to be running over you if you are turn having to be turning. Exactly. And I think people maybe get, and I'm guilty of this too, uh, maybe I think I'm in a bigger hurry than I need to be. And Bob, we were talking about it this morning. There's a statistic out there that says if you have to slow down to 20 miles an hour behind a tractor for two miles, that's the equivalent of waiting for two stoplights. So is putting your life in danger and maybe somebody else's life in danger worth 
having to wait at two stoplights. And I don't think anybody would say it is. And, um, you know, I know there is some, maybe might use this to clear up a little confusion. It's something that we were talking about before we started the episode. Um, Joetta, what was the law that you were talking about where, uh, you know, if you have so many cars behind a slow moving piece of equipment, um, they need to get up and let them buy, but maybe that doesn't apply for farmer or farm equipment. It, that's right. Uh, and this is in Tennessee. Well, we're just talking about that, Tennessee because yeah. uh, I've learned that in different states, there's different rules. Uh, so you gotta, whatever state you're in, you make sure you know those rules and regulations while on the road. Um, it is a law that uh, if you are uh, going 10 miles under the speed limit, a uh, slow moving vehicle, and if you have uh, five cars behind you, then uh, it is your responsibility to pull over at a safe place uh, and let those vehicles pass. But in 2019, um, farm equipment was exempt uh, from that law. Um, they, uh, a lot of farmers uh, were getting fined because uh, they weren't pulling over. And any time that there's a pileup behind uh, farming equipment, if there is a safe area for that operator to pull over, they're going to. They, uh, they want everybody to be safe. And if there is a, uh, a roadway, a sideway, they're gonna pull over and let them pass. But, um, but like I said, in 2019, uh, it was passed that farm equipment is exempt from this uh, rule about pulling over and letting uh, pa the people behind them pass. But uh, it's a 50-50. Um, if uh, cars are piling up behind them, when they get to a safe place, and they know, they know what a safe place is. The motorist behind them may not know, mm -hmm. and they may be fussing at them because, well, why haven't they already pulled over? Why haven't they done this? Well, you're not in that operator seat. There may not be a shoulder. Uh, there that may not be. Part That's of the right. Uh, so uh, the operator in that vehicle, in the farm equipment, they know uh, when they can and cannot pull over, and uh, they're going to. So um, be patient with them when they get somewhere. Uh, they'll pull over, and again, if they if if it's not safe for them, they're not going to pull over because they're they're keeping uh, you safe as well. Oh yeah, and I think we've talked a lot about people following behind equipment and I don't think just yet we've talked about people meeting equipment oh, on, yeah. the, on the oncoming side. And you know, some things to say, if you come around and, and you see a half a mile up, there's a large piece of equipment coming at you, find a good place to pull over. Give them the right of way. I mean, if, if you're looking at them and they start pulling over, you know, keep going. It's a judgment call, every situation is, is different. Um, me but you know, yeah, we, going, yeah, going. we, sorry, oh, no, <laughs> you know, we, in, uh, in Tennessee, we, uh, we pull over when a funeral procession goes through. Exactly. Uh, if it's safe, if it's where we can pull over safely. Uh, and that just, that just makes me think, you know, if there's, if you see farming equipment, let's give them the same, um, courtesy. respect yeah. and courtesy, um, that we're giving that family, uh, for the that has just lost a loved one, um, that's just showing respect, and I I think that's the same way that we need to show these uh, farmers because 
they're our bread and butter. They're they're putting the food on our table. They're exactly. uh, they're clothes on our back. Um, you know, and so they they need some same kind same kind of courtesy. And I think some considerations if you are going to pull over. I'm speaking from experience. Look around and make sure you pull over at the right spot. Um, I, I, and, the, and the motors that I met when I met them on a very busy roadway, and I, I had a, a wide tractor and a disc. They meant well. They pulled over, but what they didn't look do was they didn't look across the road and see that there was a mailbox directly across from them. Right. And I couldn't fit, so therefore I had to stop. And you know that kind of looked to me like, well, why is he stopping? I, I was giving him the right of way, and I appreciate that thought, but just make sure you're pulling over in right. a good spot. And that's, I've, you have good experiences too, and sometimes maybe those get overlooked by the motorists that do the right thing. I've met people on a, on a one lane back road and they've backed up into somebody's driveway to, yes. give, to let me go by. Mm -hmm. And I wave at them as big as I can because I appreciate it. And I know every farmer going down the road appreciates it they just do. as much. They do. They, and whenever, if you do have to pull over, uh, put your uh, hazard signals lights on so that it, it that gives a signal to other people that are coming up behind you that you know something's happening and yeah. and they need to uh, they need to slow down as well oh, and, yeah. and look ahead um, and it also I think applies and Bob you might be able to speak to this semi trucks going up and down the road with loads of grain you know they kind of need some courtesies spent their way too right right exactly um, you know as as they're as the semis are on the roads uh, you know they're not they're not the size of my pickup truck by no means and so uh, it's a little more difficult for them to get around especially when they're trying to turn off of a road or onto a road or any location like that and and sometimes I, I we see it all the time where you know you can you can see a semi trying to make a turn and somebody coming at them or, or at a crossroads or whatever it happens to be is has pulled into a position where they can't make their turn and, and that's that's something that we need to consider as well just being aware that you know these semis can't just turn around like you can a, a car or a truck a pickup truck so we all need to be aware of that and, and make sure that we give them the, the room they need to be able to make their turns as they're traveling yeah and i think that you know you also need to think about how much weight they're carrying right just like right. any other semi going up and down yeah. the road that is a very heavy load that they're carrying they cannot stop on a dime right. they're designed to stop but they can't it's you know if you're going on the interstate and you pull directly in front of a semi and he's following correctly behind the car that you just went mm -hmm. between him you know and you just cut that distance in half and he's got to slow down some more so um, you know these these semi trucks are, are very heavy hauling grain a lot of times they have to go into a, a kind of an urban area sometimes to get to the granary and right you know sometimes that causes issues but um, I think I think around here we're pretty blessed I, I think you know being in a rural area people know this but I, but I think it's a great opportunity to talk about uh, maybe in some areas people don't know and maybe they don't encounter a tractor every day but maybe just maybe once a year they encounter a tractor it's different everywhere um, you know what else do y'all have to add on that topic um, maybe we haven't covered yet I, I just think you know just some general common sense and some patience it goes a long way with these um, uh, situations uh, just on both ends you know the farmer as well as the, the motorist but uh, you know if, I, if our motorists can just kind of be aware of you know uh, this is a, a time of the year where uh, farmers are going to be moving around and you know it's their it's their busiest time uh, planting season and harvest season and, and usually that lasts just you know just a few weeks but um, during that time we just I think motorists just need to be aware that they're there and 
and be patient as much as they possibly can. And again, farmers have their responsibilities as well to, to make sure things are safe as, on the roads as well. Oh yeah, so uh, you know, that's, it falls on the farmers and the producers just as much as it does the motorists. Well, with that, I think uh, I just want to reach out and say thank you for listening today. Uh, we hope you continue to, to find us and learn more from the University of Tennessee and Tennessee State Extension. Uh, please keep listening to this podcast. We're going to have a lot of great topics coming up. Um, and don't forget, we want to hear from you. Um, we have an email set up. Uh, you can email us any of your questions about agriculture or anything you'd like to know about how your food is grown and how it gets to your table. Um, this email is tnfarm2family at utk.edu. Uh, again, that is tnfarm2family at utk.edu. And uh, once again, I just want to remind you that if you eat, you are involved in agriculture.